Hello, I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV News Check, and this week I'm with Lyle Schulze, VP and GM of WIS, a gray-owned television station in Columbia, South Carolina, and we are Talking TV. Talking TV is made possible by Making the Media, a podcast from Avid exploring the forces that shape the media, news, and entertainment business. The latest episode tackles the subjects of diversity and inclusion within the TV industry. Host Craig Wilson talks with Deborah Williams, Executive Director of the Creative Diversity Network in the UK. Making the Media is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and other podcast platforms. Welcome, Lyle. Hi, Michael. How are you doing today? Very well. And I'm really happy to have you on. I love talking to GMs. You and I had a very fascinating conversation a few weeks ago, so much so that I wanted to continue it here um, and, and mainly to talk about three areas with you today, uh, which will affect all GMs across the country, local programming, hiring, and journalist safety. And let's start right in with programming. It seems like many GMs like yourself are finding a need to generate more and more of local programming. And I wanna drill into how you're responding to that. But first, let's set the stage by talking about syndication. What is happening to the syndicated programming with which you used to fill those hours? Well, I think largely that the quality and quantity both have, have diminished. Um, and that, that just might be a function of just, uh, you know, viewership being down on these particular shows. It costs a lot for the syndicators to launch a syndicated show, millions of dollars, and quite often they're lost leaders. Uh, many of them fail probably in the neighborhood of, you know, 95% fail. Uh, we don't have strong, uh, talented uh, journalists, and you know, sticking around and doing um, uh, these types of programs anymore. Uh, and you don't have really iconic folks like uh, Oprah um, and uh, Phil Donahue stepping into that realm anymore. It's really been watered down by uh, streaming video. I think uh, people's attention to these kinds of programs are not necessarily there anymore. And, and really viewers it's, as a whole, they're not dialed into appointment television like they used to be. They've got it all in their own fingertips. So as a result, these programs have not had, have not resonated with the audience at large at a broadcast station. And um, without ratings, they are not supported by the barter community. So they've just gone by the wayside. And many of these companies have, have disappeared. And so that sort of put you in the position uh, as the, the de facto program director in a way, hasn't it? A, a position that used to exist and apparently that you used to be back in the day. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, for many years I was, but you know, honestly, it's become a very good uh, resource for me to have nowadays. Uh, I absolutely love programming and um, the psychology behind it. It's very interesting. When you have a big powerful station like WIS, and that reaches 41 counties in our state, it's a big tool to uh, utilize to get to the audience. Um, and so you can be creative again. It's, it's, it's sort of like back to the future. Uh, in the early days of broadcasting, 
uh, television programs were live and they were unrehearsed and they were uh, uh, plentiful that way and, and very effective. Um, mm -hmm. So we're just taking that formula and, and dialing it in a little bit. And uh, you have to go back and look and say, well, what worked, uh, what's working right now? And uh, in, into your uh, particular demographic and your audience. And, and um, it's been fun to develop programming around that, that ideal. And also the other thing that's very clear is our company, Gray, is very fundamentally behind this whole project and gives us great resources to do so because you know it takes a little bit to do it. You've got to have the facility to do it. You've got to have um, the, the, uh, the personnel to do it. And then you've got to have the resources behind it. All of our stations largely are being converted to uh, automation. And so we have plentiful cameras and plentiful equipment to make it work. Uh, so that we can put the resources into the programming and, and the uh, actual content side. So technically our stations are just unmatched and gray. What a great company to work for. And they loaded us up with all this great equipment. Well, let's put a little context around this. About how many hours of, of local programming are you now producing daily and weekly? Well, that, that would figure to be about 55 hours of local programming a week. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years ago, it was... Uh, in the 35 area, 35 hours a week range. So we've really added to it. And that's, uh, that's including our secondary channels, of course, that digital provides us the uh, foundation. But our CW station that we added just slightly uh, a couple of years ago has really taken off. And it's a, it's a really nice platform for us to add more news because that audience is still needs to be served. It's a little bit younger audience than the uh, NBC WIS legacy NBC station audience. And so therefore we're kind of tilting uh, our programming on that station a little differently to a different audience. It's been a lot of fun to add more programming and it's not all just news. Yeah, I was gonna say, so it's not just news, it's, it's lifestyle programming as well, right? Correct, we're in the development stage right now for a 3 p.m. show. We launched a 4 p.m. show two years ago, and it has just been a phenomenal success. And it is not all news. It is It has a lifestyle trending feel to it, uh, which at four o'clock in the afternoon presents a, a really nice option for afternoon, e early evening viewers, in particular women mm -hmm. dialing into our, our station. So um, the three o'clock show will be truly a lifestyle show with a totally different approach. Well, so what sort of content is resonating in the lifestyle category? Like how is that manifesting at the station? And what are the audiences responding well, to? Well, there's, there, there's plenty to uh, this, decipher. And largely the platform for these, these discussions daily and emanates from social media. Social mm -hmm. media gives us a platform every day for something, something incredible. Something's gone viral. And in our four o'clock show, for example, we have a trending segment. We'll spend 10 to 12 minutes talking about something that's gone viral and it'd be very enlightening to the audience. And you know something, I thought you know, when we first launched this that you know this would be something a little bit uh, uh, akin to out of the ordinary for a regular news viewer, because after all, I'm gonna have a traditional audience there uh, largely, but they've loved it. And they love how the, the uh, talent sort of lets their hair down mm -hmm. and talks about friendly, fun stuff instead well, do you, of being serious. Do you have them at the anchor desk? Or are they in a different studio context? How, how, do, how do they physically present? 
know, in that, in that particular show, they are at the anchor desk and they just let their hair down. And uh, honestly, Michael, because of, the, because of the pandemic, I think the lightheartedness of an open dialogue like that with uh, our, our talent just letting themselves open to and their feelings out has really resonated and, and helped the audience go, you know, that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Something on TV is now making me feel good. Um, so I think in, you know, thinking about this a little further and developing more shows, I think uh, that's the way to go is, is to create this uh, open openness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the pandemic allowed us to launch a 9 a.m. show, which we call WIS Today. And the genesis of that was, you know, NBC shut down and they were going to start running repeats of the third hour of the Today Show. And I thought on a Friday, I pulled my news director in and I said, you know, I'm not going to run those repeats. That's something from six months ago. Let's do a show Monday morning. Let's call it WIS Today. Let's just talk about COVID-19 right here in the Midlands of uh, South Carolina. And that's what we did. And it stayed on the air for three months. If you can spin up a show over a weekend and get that get that to air. Yes, can. And uh, you can do that with the likes of a station like this and the resources, again, that I mentioned earlier. Well, if the address is so resonant, if the way that that these these other programs um, are so effective in connecting with audiences, is there a chance that that can spill into the more conventional newscast? Is that making you kind of reassess the way that you present everything locally? Well, one thing that's for sure is the time period in which the newscast airs is critical. You know, our five, six, and to a certain extent, our 7 p.m. shows are very news-centric, and that's because the audience that's that's typically there, uh, they have not been to TV all day. They want to see what's going on. They maybe even haven't been around anything that resembles news that can give them that information. However, the seven o'clock show, which uh, we, we have uh, uh, had a great deal of success with because it follows NBC Nightly News. And our NBC Nightly News, last check, was the number one ranked NBC Nightly News in the nation for ratings. So we got a big audience there. Uh, we're going to transform that 7:30 to 8 o'clock time frame into more of a lighter lifestyle, almost a PM magazine, if you will. If you recall what was really popular back in the 70s, PM magazine launched as a as an access show on TV stations, and um, but we're going to do it locally and and again give it that variety of trending and social media presence. So you're taking back your inventory, you're taking back your programming here. Um, that's very, very interesting. I, I wanna make sure to hit on a couple other things with you, starting with, with hiring next. Uh, th- there's a lot of talk in the industry growing about a hiring crisis. It's getting harder to recruit and retain younger reporters and producers. How much are you coming up against that dynamic at the station? Uh, it's an incredible, um... It's been an incredible year. Since January, Michael, uh, we've lost over 30 employees and over 20 of them have left the industry and they were solid journalists. Um, it's not clear to me exactly you know, each person's reason for leaving, but clearly uh, a big part of it was this condescending attitude toward the media. And uh, you know, you know the, the labeling of fake news and the attacks of uh, uh, biasness constantly. This is a tough industry to work in when you're being not only, uh, you know, um, 
that that kind of a, attention being drawn to you uh, on TV, but out in out in the public. Our reporters are out there daily. Our anchors are out there daily, and and they're being challenged like this literally every day for the validity of our business. Mm-hmm. That never occurred before, and it's 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 draining. Challenged might be a gentle word, perhaps, to even use in those cases. Some of the incidents, not necessarily at your station, but I've heard elsewhere, are pretty pretty outright confrontational and and a commonplace for for many journalists. So yeah, we've had we've had that too. Um, But what I'd like to say about it all is true, truly, um, we have the integrity of the audience at large. I still believe a lot of this is generated by a vocal minority. And frankly, people who hide behind a keyboard, and it's pretty easy to do these days and and be uh, um, nondescript. But you know, we're, um, our, where we have uh, a presence is our strong, strong um, identity in the state and in the market. And so people are really um, harkened back to the, um, I think, uh, the ideal that, you know, these news stations like us, we have, you know, we haven't been talking about um, uh, falsehoods or, or uh, fake identity ever. They've always believed in what we put on the air. Um, and I think at large, the audience still believes that. The vocal minority has strengthened and they've got a, a pretty big sounding board. So we just gotta be on the, the, uh, the guard with that. And one last thing about the employee base um, departing. I don't think it's, a, it's an epidemic. I think it has um, also been fueled by um, the supply chain shortage where other businesses have raised their hand and said, look, you know, we'll hire you for $20,000 a year more. And that's an easy take for somebody who's in, you know, been looking to make a little bit more money. And so they're jumping ship for these kinds of things and say, you know what, I get rid of the stress too. It's a little bit of a cycle we're in right now. I believe it will self-correct itself. You think entirely, or do you think there will be some fundamental changes in hiring that will come to the other side of this where where different things are going to have to be on the table. I don't know, contracts may, may the nature of the contracts may change or perhaps, or, or pay or yeah. conditions. Um, any of those things likely to, 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 to be different the other side of this? Yeah, I think that's certainly possible. And I think it's happening. Look, I mean, we have, um, we have these great businesses and, community services to uh, provide our, our audiences here. It has been hard to fill certain positions. I have had a digital content manager position open for over three months. That would never ever be the case previously. This is a very you know, high profile station. I have been picked here for staff, for uh, people being recruited for, for many years. And that's still the case, but having these openings and, and, and nobody raising their hand uh, and nobody coming forward, it is a little bit alarming, but I think, uh, you know, the, the new influx of um, uh, millennials, they're not so focused on, on um, the financial side of making a lot of money. They, there really is an interesting, um, you know, sort of, um, uh, development that's occurred in, in, in the hiring process with these younger uh, folks coming in because their desire is to get approval and their desire is to really kind of contribute to the social atmosphere of your market as opposed to, hey, I want you know $60,000 to do this job. 
No, it's really about contributing uh, with good journalism, and I and I like that. And there is a there's a real uh, change in the dynamic that's going on with the hiring of these individuals and how it impacts our businesses. So what it means is managers like me and my manager, we have to adjust. We have to adjust to new hiring practices, to new people, to people entering our workforce who have a different ideal setting than perhaps I did. And um, I'm going through that too. And it's been a lot of fun to bring new people in and see what they're, what's on their mind and how they're gonna change this business moving forward in the next 25 years. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see the impact of this generational shift. Yes. I wanna make sure to talk about safety as well. I know you've had um, incidents at the station, um, which are not uncommon now uh, with regards to reporters being threatened. Uh, I talked yeah. to one for, for a story I'm working on right now. Um, how how do, you, do you feel that this problem is getting worse and that reporters are under more threat, that, that the industry has to be taking more precautions and, and, and doing more to, to support journalists who are, you know, as you said before, who are out there on the line every day, out in the field, visible? No, I don't think it's getting worse, Michael. I think we were going through a, a period of, uh, you know, social uh, unrest there, which contributed to this. Also, at the same time, we're going through, you know, the political process that's going to continue. Now, we're never going to appeal to the entire audience. And so, you know, there's going to be a 50-50 split, at least. Some are going to like what we report, some are not. Um, and that's just based on their own uh, political ideals. Um, they're just more vocal about it nowadays. And they have more means to let us know uh, that they're vocal. Um, and so our people have to have their antenna up. And, you know, they're smart and they handle it well. Uh, some can do better at it than others. And, you know, I think it's a mindset. Uh, we talk about it almost every day uh, because we're putting them out into a situation that might be contentious. These school board meetings today, for example, are much more contentious than the social uh, protests that were going on. I'm telling you, they're pretty amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, so we're putting our reporters in that, in that uh, dialogue every day as well. We have a story almost every day about school boards here. It's an incredible uh, tension-filled uh, process that's going on. Parents are sounding off even more. And again, social media allows them to do that. Mm -hmm. So it's a whole process of change that we're seeing in how we report this local news. And our reporters and anchors have to, you know, we're going through the adjustment period too. But uh, we've found some really good people that still want to do good journalism. I don't think it's going to ever, ever go away. Okay. Well, we shall see. And hopefully you're right that the, the tide is turning a little bit in terms of the threat level that they're facing. I believe it is. I do. Well, Lyle, Chelsea, thank you so much for being with me today. Really appreciate your, your insights. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And thank you for having me. I mean, uh, this is a really tremendous forum you have, Michael, and uh, appreciate uh, the, um, community of broadcasters at large being able to speak to our issues and just having, having a good dialogue. So thanks again for doing this. Cheers. Thank you. A new episode of Talking TV is available most Fridays on tvnewscheck.com. You can also listen and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Talking TV is edited by Alyssa Wesley. The music is by Andrew Melinda, and it's produced and hosted by me, Michael Depp. Talking TV is a production of TV News Check.
Thank you.